Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, my friends are gone and my hair is grey. I ache in the places where I used to play And I'm crazy for love But I'm not coming on I'm just paying my rent every day In the Tower of Song Here we are, back on Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR Streaming live on 3cr.org.au this program is podcast. The woman who does it all, her right royal <laughs> highness, the empress, Dale Bridge. Dale, I've never seen you so animated. What's going on in your life? Oh, you know, a bit of this, bit of that, getting ready to welcome my mother back to my house. <laughs> so, you know, I've been cleaning. You've been cleaning. <laughs> so... You know what they say about women in the good old days, the days of royalty, and you'd know being an empress. Yeah, yeah. women glow. Oh, and so you're lovely. glowing from all the sweat yeah. just been pouring down your be face right. while you've been cleaning. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Poor old Joel Rothman is listening to all this, and he's wondering what on earth is happening here. Good afternoon, Joel. Good afternoon. It's great to be here on 3CR. Well, that's what they all say at the beginning of the interview, Joel. <laughs> it's okay. Now, we only asked two questions. Uh, before I start, just, just, just a question. Do you play a musical instrument? No, I don't. A lot of people ask that. They think I must. No, 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 There is, there is an ulterior, there's always an ulterior okay. motive to my questions. Do you sing? No, I have uh, tried well, and see, failed. See, we have no records on this for the next hour. <laughs> no okay. advertisements, nothing. Just you you. hum? No, no, just you and me. But... I do make an exception for people who are talented. So if you've got any talent, Joel, don't worry. Now, Joel, two questions. Right. Two questions. The first question takes 10 seconds and the second question takes 55 minutes and 46 seconds. So just to orientate our listeners, what year were you born? 1983. Excuse me? <laughs> That's a year that's been somewhat recent. It is very recent. 1983. How are we going to fill in an hour for a young bloke from 1983? <laughs> I don't know. I've already offered to hum. Have you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, the second question, and you've got the whole program to answer it, and there's no musical interludes, no humming. You'll be fine. What's the earliest thing you remember? Ah, I knew this question was coming, and I <laughs> Ah, I you've been forewarned. Oh, I was forewarned. I listened to a podcast from the other week, and oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yes. And uh, I was like, oh, that's a bad question to start off on because people, <laughs> people dismiss me straight up. They'll say I'm a loony. No, 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 no. But, uh, no, no, I'm the loony. Oh, okay, I, so don't worry. You're well, cross my heart. Yeah. Cross my heart. I hope today. My, my earliest memory uh, was when I was learning to walk. You're learning oh. to walk. 
good. No one believes me, but... No, I do believe you. <laughs> I right. do believe you. My, my earliest memory, well, I don't know if I want to share it, <laughs> is I was sharing my milk arrowroot biscuit in 1952 with a cat. Mm-hmm. And I was just holding on to the sides ah, of the pen. So I can understand you. Got, so yes. what do you remember about learning to walk? What do you remember? I was holding on to this post mm-hmm. and sort of a medium distance away from me it was one of those big old milk can things, big old rusty uh-huh. milk can. We're out, out um, in rural Victoria with this right. house in the bush and the rocks and the trees everywhere. Uh-huh. This beautiful setting and there's this old milk can. Yeah. And I'm trying to work out if I can walk over to it and grab onto it before I fall on my face. Right, right. Trying to judge the distance. Well, and nothing, that that was my memory. I think I made it, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, there's nothing crazy about that. <laughs> nothing. That's, that's normal. Okay. So, so where were you born? Born in Colac, Colac rural good, Victoria. Good. Lived my life, first 17.9 years of my life. Yeah, well, look, we've got a lot of time. Let's just, right. let's just relax, relax. I assume right. both your parents are still alive? Yes, they are. So we can't say anything rude about them? So. <laughs> Perennial hippies there in the bush. Perennial hippies, they're my type of people. I mean, you could be my son. Uh, <laughs> I'm not suggesting that, but well, you yes. could be in terms of age differences. Yes. So what do you mean they were perennial hippies? What happened? What type of people were they? Are they? Oh, well, uh, Dad, Dad grew up in Melbourne, uh-huh. in Blackburn, and my mum grew up in Ballarat, and they met down at the beach, Kennet River, uh-huh. and uh, then made, made a life for themselves in the Stony Rises, in, <laughs> out between Colac and Camperdown. What were they doing in the Stony Rises? Well, Apart I don't know. What did they do? What did they do? <laughs> what did they get? They get... Rent some land or buy some yeah, land? Yeah, bought, bought about 180 acres of yeah. Stony Rises land. Beautiful, beautiful country. The hills and the rocks and swamps and, <laughs> and, and trees. I guess it was um, too hard for the early settlers to clear, so they left it pretty much as it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the house was there, was it? Uh, they built a house out of the rocks that are there, the, uh-huh. the volcanic rocks. Out of the rocks? Out of the volcanic With rocks. With their own hands? Yep, with their own hands. Right, right. This, is, this, this is good. Mm. I like, I like your parents. I mm. mean, you may not like them, but I like them. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. So, how cold was the winters when you were a little kid? If they built it out of oh, rock? Oh, I didn't. I don't know. It was just whatever it was. It was normal to me at the time. Right, um, right, right. I mean, the the rocks hold a bit of heat, a bit of thermal mass, but mm-hmm. no. So, no. did they did they did they farm the land or raise animals or just subsistence? Yeah. Well, we. Dad, Dad kept about maybe 40 head of cattle, just right. sort of a... Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like a contradiction in terms, but I guess like a part-time farm, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you can say that. No, um, it's not a contradiction. On those stony rises, you can't <laughs> grow many cattle. No, that's yeah. right. You yeah. wouldn't be wanting to round them up and milk them every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it'd, it'd take you all day just to round them up. Yeah. Hopefully these were steers. They weren't milking cows, were they? But, well, we, we had, a, had a bull and, and, some, uh. and some cows and... Yeah. Produced some offspring and took them to market from time to time. Yeah, steers, they're not dairy farm. No, not dairy. No, no. no steers. Yeah, well, it's a good way to uh, earn a buck. And and uh, what your mum helped with on the farm, or was she working in the city, the town, or something, Camperdown? Well, we, we were we all helped a bit, but honestly, we mostly left it up to dad. I guess right, <laughs> we were right. a bit lazy. Um, but yeah, mum's also worked in town as a kindergarten teacher, and dad also works in town. As a nurse, and they're still living on the property. Yeah, yeah, they're mm, still, they're mm, still, they're still there, and they love it. Uh, you got? Any, oh, I don't. Exp- why wouldn't they? They got any brothers and sisters? You got any? Not them. Have you got any yes. brothers and sisters? Yes, a sister and a brother. Yeah. Um, both very close to me in age. 
Ah, so get that over and done with. Yeah, over and done with. Three Let's under five. Over and done with. Three under five, was it? Yeah, yeah, it would have been, yeah. yeah, yep. yeah. And then the snip. And then later, <laughs> yep. I, well, we, wouldn't, we, don't, we don't ask these parents these we, things. But we don't, do we? No, you know, yeah, he'd love to snip, I know. But. No, I love the snip, I think. It's very responsible. Oh, right. I'm, yeah, I'm very pro-snip. Right, excellent. So describe this house for us. I'm fascinated. It's made out of volcanic rock. How, how thick are the, the bricks that are handmade, your parents' handmade? Mm, well, it's uh, sort of like two layers, two layers of rock mm-hmm. uh, with concrete poured down the middle. So each, I don't know, if you add the two layers together, it's, uh, it must be like half a metre thick. Right, right. Um, yeah, so Dad and Mum and their friends, they just found these rocks lying around. They have to try and find somewhat flat ones and put them together like a, a jigsaw puzzle, mm. a unique jigsaw puzzle, really. Um, mm. Hem, did you have to share a room or there was enough rooms for everybody in the house? I, I did up to a certain age and then we started whinging and whinging and eventually... Dad built an extension, got some more rocks. And, <laughs> and what, you watched? Mostly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. to be honest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And what's the floor like? What's, it, what's that made out of? Um, secondhand bricks. Right, right. Just laid flat. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, a bit of, bit of varnish over the top. Yeah. And heating? What did you do for heating? Uh, pot belly stove. Right. Were, were yep. you attached to the grid or not? No, no. It, we, we couldn't. It would have, it would have cost like $50,000 to connect yeah. to the grid from where, yeah. where we were. Yeah. So, and, and washing, where'd you do that? We just, <laughs> we had a sink and we put our hands in and swished the clothes around. Were you on tank water? Yeah, tank water. Yeah, right. tank water. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, we yeah, had yeah. one of those, um, one yeah. those old wine, wine oh, yeah. Yeah. rinse things. You can yeah. Yeah. put the clothes through and s- yeah. squeeze the water out. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hanging out on the line. Yeah. No, I'm just trying to produce to switch on her mic, that's all, you know. It's, it was on when I spoke. Was it? Oh, mm. Sorry, sorry, Dale. You know, this, is, this is like an old <laughs> relationship here. It's not, not, not only your worries, Joel. So what did you do for washing? I mean, body, <laughs> washing your body, what, cold water? Oh, no, we had, a, get, had gas bottles that we right, right. heated up water with. None of them exploded, did they? I always no, worry about gas no. bottles. No. <laughs> these, these days they switch to a new one, you sort of feed twigs into it. and. Right. Heat up the water that way. Oh, oh. Mm. And you were quite happy living there with your brother and sister. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I thought I was the luckiest boy in the world. Mm. So how old were you when they kind of forced you out into a school or a preschool <laughs> or something? <laughs> uh, I, was, I was almost five. I started, at, started prep at the local school, which was about normal at that time. What? Kayak or Camperdown? Uh, Carpendeet. Carpendeet. Carpendeet is a little... Farming area right. um, between Colac and Camperdown, right. there in the Stony Rises. Uh-huh. Had a little school with about 20, 25 kids. What, two classrooms? Yeah, two, two classrooms. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so. We, oh, was it full of hippie kids or just the oh, farming had, kids and hippie kids? Oh, a bit of a mixture, yeah. yeah. The farming kids and the hippie kids all together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was great. I knew, I knew every kid in the school. I knew, I knew their parents. I knew their brothers and sisters. We knew, we knew everyone. It was. Everybody. It was a great community. Yeah. So how long did you last there? Well, I was there from prep to grade five, and right. and then unfortunately, Hang on, let's, go, let's go back. Let's go All back right. to prep right. to grade five. <laughs> we don't like bad stories. <laughs> what was school like? I mean, this is what you have composite classes. What one, two, three, and then four, five, something like that, or yeah, prep one, two, and then yeah. four, three, four, five, six. What's it like being educated in a composite class? 
Um, it's one of those things I find it hard to say. It was just normal for me at the time. Um, yeah. We, I guess, at certain points, we broke off into groups with different age-level appropriate activities and then came together for things like, you know, teacher reading as Paul Jennings' books or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we go out and play together, go in the... Uh, you know, in the inter-school sports, there was, there was no school sports. It was too small for a school yeah, sports. Yeah. So we'd get the, the inter-school sports with all the other little schools in the area. Uh-huh. Did uh, you excel at anything in primary school? I mean, sports-wise. I'm not going <laughs> to embarrass you academically at this I, stage. I, I don't think I really excelled at, at anything in primary school, no, um, no. Ac- academically or sport-wise. You just fitted in. Muddled, muddled along. Yeah. Was there anything you, you were really interested in? Oh, I loved... I love the bush. I love bows and arrows. Oh, good. Um, I used to like bows and arrows. I love making yeah. cubbies. My school mm. had a mm. paddock at the back of it. Mm. Um, you know, back in the day, people mm. used to ride horses to school, and that was the yeah. horse did paddock. You, yeah. Did you make your own bows and arrows and sharpen yeah. the tip? We used, used yeah, used to used to find <laughs> flexible yeah. bits of wood yeah. and string up yeah. her bows and uh, yeah. break off bits. Well, yeah. just bits of dry bracken. <laughs> nothing, yeah. that, yeah. nothing serious, but bits of dry bracken yeah. for arrows. Yeah, when I was. A, you know, a sick nine-year-old bastard, I speared my sister with a, an arrow and she needed to go to hospital. That, okay. <laughs> that didn't go well or down with anybody because that's how sharp we used to make the arrows, okay. yeah, because we used to hunt rabbits because, I, I, you know, I came mm. from a rural background. Mm. So mm. it's interesting, yeah. Mm. Ah, sorry, sister, she's still alive. She doesn't <laughs> forgive me when I see her occasionally. She reminds me, shows me the scar on her arm. Certainly wouldn't forget it. No. So what happened to this idyllic setup? You said... Things happened after year five. Oh well, Jeff Kennett. Jeff. <laughs> so you're not going to blame Jeff. What did Jeff oh, do? I blame everything on Jeff. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> so what happened? Yes. Oh well, I guess there's changes in society. People start like gravitating towards bigger centres, and uh, uh-huh. there was a movement to start closing down these schools, and right. that's the way it was going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I went to another school for grade six. And yeah, it was it was sad to eventually see the end of Carpenter Primary School and several no, others. In never the been area. reopened. It's just dead. No, no, it's just dead. I mean, the the communities are still going along. They've still got their their hall. They get together for community events. But um, the school was something that really held the community together. Really made it something. So mm. there'd still be young children. Like I mean, there'd still be the need for a school. Well, yes, there is. Um, yeah. There's a there's a bus now. They, Just because bus yeah, them there's into no town. school doesn't mean there's not a need for one. No, no, mm. no. But, but you know, we've, we've got to rationalise things. You've got to close mm-hmm. schools. You can close inner city schools and then you've got to reopen them. So why mm. close the schools in Staley Rise? I mean, they're only hippie kids. They don't need an education. <laughs> you know? So where they send you, Colac or Camperdale uh, or, uh, um, last year? Last year I went to Simpson, the mm-hmm. little town of Simpson, and then... And then off to Cobden Technical School for Cobden Technical School. Yes. Why did you decide to go to technical school at a young age of, what, 12 or 13? Yeah. um, All the Carpenter kids went to Cobden Technical School. It was, I don't know... The manly thing, I guess. <laughs> if you if you went to Camperdown well, College, saying even the women went there, so the girls and boys went to the camp with the. Well, we all school. went there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess it, uh, to to go anywhere else, it was sort of a, would have seemed like uh-huh. oh a betrayal, or you're Splitter. you're going you're going you're going to some class sort of, betrayal. You're going yeah. to some sort of weak sort of academic school rather than the one that teaches you the real stuff. Uh-huh. So what was the real stuff that you learned? Oh well, I didn't learn that much. I wasn't, I wasn't very practical. Ag. I actually became quite oh. academic at Cobden Technical yeah. School. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Did you do what I did to my farm? 
I don't think so. Oh, right. Okay, that's all right. Oh, just for the listeners' sake, I've got a bandage around my thumb, and that's because I'm technically incompetent. You said you were technically incompetent. Mm-hmm. I assumed you yep. hammered your thumb or a nail through your thumb, didn't you, at any stage? No, I didn't do that. You didn't no. do that. No. I did. I did enjoy some yeah. some yeah. woodwork, woodwork, yeah. and automotive and yeah. electrical yeah. and all, yeah. all that stuff. All that stuff, right? Yeah, right. Sheet yeah. metal. So it was some vo- vocational, almost. Yeah, yeah, we did a bit of the sort of a, a bit of a vocational sort of stuff in <laughs> year seven and eight, mm. and then after that, you start to choose your own subject. I, I, uh-huh. I enjoyed them, mm. um, but it wasn't where I excelled. Mm. I, well, what did you choose? What did I choose when I started to choose? You um, said you choose your own subjects. Yeah. Eventually, getting into year nine and mm. ten, I, yeah. I chose sciences. I loved loved science. Science in nine and started, ten started to excel in uh-huh. that area. Science uh-huh. and maths, uh-huh. and, uh-huh. and where did that lead to? <laughs> I can see an academic career ahead of you, Joel. Well, what happened? Where did it lead to? Um, <laughs> it led to a change of course. <laughs> right. Well, in a way, I mean, I, I well, loved. You left Cobham Tech, did you? Behind. I, I loved learning about the world. That's why I love science. Uh-huh. Um, and eventually, when I, by the time I got to about year twelve, um, I I found I'd had this sort of a deep spiritual conversion. What Cobden? Or did you move from Cobden to get this? No, no, no. Still, I'm mean, still at Cobden Technical School. Right, right. And um, you got to year twelve. By the by, the, by the time I was in year twelve, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. through through my connection just with people in the community and churches right. in the area, right. I I felt like I'd connected with God, and I felt right. like it had changed me, and right. I wanted so my desire to learn more mm-hmm. about the world. Yeah, can we go back a few steps now? All right. Was this? Mm-hmm. A new connection, or were they, or during your upbringing, did you have uh, some religious? That was that w- that was part of my upbringing. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about your upbringing, as far as the spiritual side went. Well, we went to uh, South South Parambit Uniting Church. Mm, I remember Parambit is. Oh yeah. I know that church. Yeah. Yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Parambit's right next to Carpentries. That's right. Oh, well, <laughs> great names. Great. Yep, just yeah. up the road from Pombonite. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so you go. went to the Uniting Church there. Was that a conservative or a more radical Uniting Church in those days? Um, I honestly don't know. Oh, did you speak about, uh, did the minister or the congregation get involved in uh, social issues in the church or was it mainly worship? My memory, my <laughs> from, from my child eyes, um, uh, was was uh, was mostly worship and going out to Sunday school. Right, right. Um, oh, I, and did I, you did you continue this in, in when you were at technical college? Or did no, you no, not really. I mean, my. I, I remembered the when I was a little kid the little the Sunday school teachers doing fun things with us, but mostly I remember. No, I don't want to know about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, there is a history to this. That's why I've got an inquiry going. I don't know. All right, <laughs> no Alrighty. names, please. Okay. All right. Well, we're not going there. <laughs> right. But I um, mostly I remember sitting in the pew, looking at the pew in front, and counting the knots in the wood, yeah. and yeah. waiting for time to pass. Yeah. It's yeah. I I didn't feel I really connected. Yeah. I was just. Yeah. You just sit there yeah, right. and wait for it to be over. Was your family kind of a Christmas Christians or were they more No, no, more than that. More, more than, than that. that, right. So yeah. do you think they moved to Stony Rise in terms of being able to uh, remove their children, which is you, from outside, uh, negative outside uh, influences? Um, there might have been a bit of that. I, th- I think it was more just wanting to be in the, in the Stony Rises, being... Right. Being in nature, I mean, 
both my parents, and, but Dad in particular, he just loves loves being in nature. Oh. And I, I guess I've picked that up too when, I, when I'm there. Mm-hmm. But in nature, but particularly in the Stony Rises, I just I feel like everything's right with the world. I, I feel renewed mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I can go out and mm-hmm. engage with the world and, and come back to the Rises and be renewed. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing to have, you know. Mm-hmm. Wonderful I wonder what that would feel like. Mm. Well, Dale, you'll have to move. <laughs> I'll keep my eye for some real estate in the Stony Rises for you. But we don't slot I'll buy you a parcel of land up there. <laughs> so, year twelve, you got this. You felt this. Was it a calling, or did you just felt spirituality? Well, what did you feel? Tell us. Explain to us. <clears throat> I guess. I guess, despite my religious upbringing, I had adopted a very non-theistic view of the world. And extremely rationalistic, and I guess just the way my mind went, I was coming to see existence as pretty meaningless. Um, I, I sort of enjoyed it, but when I stopped to think about it, I don't know I just found something missing. Um, and then I can't I can't say exactly how it happened, but just somehow I just I, I started questioning my mindset mm-hmm. cracks appeared in it and then at some point I felt what I what I thought was God um, mm-hmm. close to me like calling me to change how I see the world to, it, to come this, over to a and a more life-giving way of seeing the world mm. is, is this what's called uh, is this the, the concept of being born again yeah you could call it being born again. Yeah, mm. and so it was a gradual thing, or just suddenly? Um, somewhere in between. In between, <laughs> you thought about it. Did you dream about it? I I can't remember literally <laughs> dreaming about it. I yeah. I remember being awake, but somehow, somehow I I felt that I knew that right. God God was close, um, right. drawing me into a new way of seeing mm-hmm. a new way of seeing the world. The way that brings life to me and to bring mm-hmm. life to the people around me. So, how did that change your life as a seventeen or eighteen year old? Um, well, it, it led me in a certain direction for the rest, it influenced the rest of my life. At at the time, um, actually, I uh, became quite evangelical at school. Right, <laughs> <I can> imagine. <laughs> okay. um, Teenagers get quite yeah, yeah, idealistic. That's, that's, yeah, that's right. I became quite uh, idealistic. And, <laughs> Wouldn't stop talking about it. Um, <laughs> what, what, what did your friends think about this sudden change in Joel? What did they think? I mean, you'd have friends, wouldn't you? Before yeah, you, could, oh, yeah, yeah, before you, yeah. you were born again. Yeah. What did they think about this? I mean, sounds a bit um, like IS to me. But go on. <laughs> I, like, I think they got a bit annoyed after a while. I just yeah, kept talking yeah. about, yeah. talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. Did you read the Bible, or was it? Yeah, I did. You did. Yeah, yeah, right. I read it quite a lot. Right, and that that influenced the way I saw the world, and it. Mm. I guess I didn't just take what I what I heard from a pulpit, but I I, right. I read the words of Jesus, the um, Palestinian storyteller, mm-hmm. stand, standing up against the domination system of his time. So, did you, did you read both both testaments, or mainly on the New Testament? Yeah, both, both testaments, and right. mm-hmm. found found meaning, great spiritual depth, and and challenge. It, you know, it wasn't just a source of comfort, it was a, a source of discomfort as well. So what did your parents think of this 17-year-old uh, who changed? What did they think about all this? Oh, I I, I imagine they're, they're broadly pleased. I mean, mm-hmm. Christian faith means a lot to them as well. Right. Um, 
maybe maybe a bit so there's no there's no resistance there i mean i might have been a bit embarrassed about how i got into like creationism and all that kind mm. of stuff for a, mm-hmm. for a while there and yep. it's, mm-hmm. it's a bit embarrassing looking back on that phase but mm-hmm. um right so you finished year 12 yes finished year 12 i mean i i, I still loved the, the science and stuff and mm-hmm. chose all my subjects for year 12 on the assumption that i was going to go into a career in science but mm. um so what happened after year 12 but then I didn't. I, <laughs> I, I decided to go to Bible College instead. Right. Was that was that in Victoria? Yes, that was that was in Melbourne, in right. Parkville, Whitley right. College, just up the road from Melbourne Uni. So how do you get into Bible yeah. College? Yeah, that's a good question. How do you get in? Um, I mean, it's a sure. career choice. You've made a career yeah. choice at eighteen. Well, you know. Well, it, well, somebody's got to. You had to pay fees, I assume. Yeah, because I know yeah. I know a minister has just been through Bible college, mm. and he had to work part time as a carer. And that's how I know him. Yeah. Is that a carer. so? You do Bible college with a view to becoming a minister of some description? Well, I don't know anything about. Christianity. Yeah, um, traditionally, traditionally that's why. Is that why Bible you? College. And I guess I imagined I would, mm. but I, I I didn't start down the path towards ordination, as they call it. Mm. So I didn't. I didn't get in the program that would make me a minister, and in fact, most of my fellow students also were not in the program that would make them a minister. Mm. Um, we were there because we wanted to learn, we wanted to know more, we wanted mm. to mm. to challenge ourselves, ex- expand how we saw the world, engage with the Christian tradition, and mm. challenge where we may have misunderstood bits of it. Right. So, this was basically uh, was it a year or three years? Three year degree. Three year degree. So. How did you support yourself during these three years? Because you're living in <laughs> Melbourne. You know, it's an expensive town for a boy from the Stony Rises. How did I support myself? Um, well, well, illegally, <laughs> illegally, all right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, who paid the bills? Did mm. you have to do part-time work or was it your full-time at well, Bible College? Or? Well, I got Ostudy or whatever it was called, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. which was about $180 a week. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, so, you know, about 100 we go to rent and twenty mm. to bills and it's oh, ten, ten to transport. So it's all, so, it was, so it was full time, full on, full three time, years. Full on. I, I think I spent about thirty dollars a week on food. Right. I think I spent about thirty dollars a year on clothes. Right. Um, right. I had to pay my fees up. Things front. haven't changed much. I've noticed, Dale. <laughs> no, he looks as tutorial elegant as me, not as you. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much. Yeah, yeah, had to live on the cheapest food. You could so get a communal from the household, or yeah, various various communal households. Well, with with other, fellow students, other religiously orientated people from the Bible College, or just the um, communal households. One one of my households was, was a group of Christians, and, mm-hmm. and one was a group of just friends, and who weren't necessarily Christian. Right. Um, yeah, we just had a great time doing this do student thing. I was I was particularly studious, and I did excel academically at the time. I guess I mm-hmm. felt. Mm-hmm. I moved to Melbourne to study, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to study. So what was on this piece of paper at the end of three years? Well, it says, says Bachelor of Theology. Mm-hmm. It, um, is that it doesn't good, make me anything. Is it as good as having a Bachelor of Arts? Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, ne- nearly. It didn't make me anything. Right, um, right. So three years, and your parents obviously were quite happy you didn't get killed or something? Well, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I guess so. And I did. Well, it was interesting because like, growing up in the country, you hear stories about the big bad city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my first few weeks in Melbourne, I was kind of scared a lot. Yeah, right. But then one time, walking home from the train station at like 10 at night or something, I just thought, 
have to be here for three years at least. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be scared every day for the next three years. I just decided I'm not going to be scared. And that was it. And so I would, I would walk down the road at 2am or whatever. Uh-huh. Any, uh-huh. any suburb, I just decided yeah. I'm not going to be scared. Yeah. Wouldn't, yeah. Didn't lock yeah. the door of my house. I mean, just, yeah. you're a well-built young man. Yeah. I can assume that you're the type of person other people cross the road for. <laughs> well, you know, when they saw you walking down the street. You didn't need to be scared, I'm <laughs> well, telling yeah. you. Okay. You didn't need to be scared. Look, it's uh, 4.29. This is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. We're interviewing, well, we're chatting. We don't do interviews on this program. We're chatting with Joel Rothman about his life and Dale Bridge, the Empress, is kind of jumping in occasionally and making sure that everything sounds brilliantly well and goes to air. Now, the program is podcast, so if nature calls, don't despair. You can actually access the podcast later on. So, Joel, after what happens now? 21? Bachelor of Theology in your hand mm-hmm. in the big city of Melbourne. Well, the th- I guess it's it's uh, one of the one of the things that can happen to you when you when you study theology or when you look more deeply into into your religious tradition is you do get challenged. Mm. You find that the way you thought about things was a bit small, and and I guess that's what I found. And the way I came to understand who I was as a follower of Jesus no longer matched the way I lived my life. Mm. Um, and so then I was drawn to a group of people who some of them had been part of the Salvation Army and some other people uh, about my age, and we formed an intentional community together in Doveton. All right. Tell mm. us tell us once again, we've had people here before who have been part of intentional mm. communities. What is an intentional community? We we moved in together. Well, we actually ended up with two houses. That was more than enough for one house. Um, but we we make deliberate decisions that we're going to put rhythms in our life to connect with each other. We we, ha- we have dinner together. Um, we talk about serious issues together. We we talk about theology, philosophy, politics, um, and we engage with the local community together. We we connect with. How about TV? I mean, you well, know, sometimes I'm, I'm we shocked. watch TV. I'm shocked you're talking to each other and you're <laughs> debating things. I mean, this is not what yeah, you expect. Yeah, where are the screens? You know, this well, is, this okay. Is, what's, what's going okay, on? Well, this, this is not 21st century world. All right, okay. Well, I, I did I did dig out my old oh, Nintendo I mean, 64. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that might have made a no, difference no, I mean, as but, well. But these are choices you make. As a, <laughs> you, these are choices you make. Yeah. So why Doveton? Doveton is one of the highest poverty rates in, in Australia. Um, people with long, long-term unemployment and a range of other issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we felt maybe that's, that's a place where we could make a difference. And, mm-hmm. s- and straight away we threw ourselves into volunteer work with local groups. We, co- we connected with, yeah, long-term unemployed people, ref- refugees. What, what, what type of local groups? Tell us about these local groups. Ah, oh, well, there was a, the local Salvation Army Service Centre where... People went for support of various kinds, and um, so we we started a men's breakfast on a Wednesday morning, and long-term unemployed men would would come along and connect and mm. and find support, mm. um, and and we also we welcomed people into our home. We had a sorry, a home, sorry, oh. sorry. Hang on, hang <laughs> on, hang on. You're living in Doveton, and you're welcoming people into your home. You That's mad? That's the idea. Well. 
I guess we, we consciously saw ourselves as followers of Jesus, and that's right. the kind of thing he did. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he didn't really have a home, but he... <laughs> if he did, he'd let people yeah. in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what were the locals thinking? Were you just as religious rat bags, or did they actually have some respect for what you were doing? We didn't. We weren't very overt about mm. why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. If, if people asked, we told them. But we weren't. We weren't there to say, "Be Christians like us." Like us, we were. We're there to connect with people, um, form supportive relationships, um, friendships. Give give people a home. We had a homeless man move in with us. Um, a refugee needed a home. Um, sub, someone with serious substance abuse issues provided them with a supportive community. Mm. Mm. And, and how, did, how did that turn out? Good and bad. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the bad. Challenging. It was it was, it was very it was very sure. challenging. Yeah. Um, I guess we probably went in over our heads a bit, and um, I guess we're we're just so 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 dedicated to doing a good thing in the world that we sort of I guess we've got to be gentle with each other. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, so did it break up the intentional community or? Well, I left. You left. How, how many years were you there for? I, w- I was only there for about a year and a half. Yeah. So where did you go after there? You left because of internal pressures or because, because, of, yeah, or because in, of your own doubts? Which ones? Um, well, they, they certainly wanted me to stay and I wanted to mm. stay, but I just felt it, it got to the point where the... Uh, yeah, the just in, internal pressures, not not understanding each other's limitations. Mm. You say, "Oh, you've, we've got to we've got to be helping this person with substance abuse issues all day, every day, and and you can't have a break." Mm. Um, and it was it just got to the point where I I couldn't continue. I really wanted to, and it it really hurt. It really hurt to leave. Um, mm. Even professionals don't do that to themselves. Yeah. Mm. You know? Well, That's professionals right. don't because there's that boundary. Yeah. Mm. There's no boundaries in the intentional communities. Mm. That's yeah. the whole purpose yeah. of the intentional community. But that's the whole thing about, you know, helping and, mm. and, and being there for each other is, well, is you, mm. you do have to yeah. maintain the machine in order for that's it to right. work to help other people. That's right. You, you have to be mm. kind to each other. If you're going to show love to the world, you have to show love to each other first. Yeah, exactly. Well, this must have been quite a depressing period for you after you left. Well, it was. I actually ended up with quite severe depression. Mm-hmm. Um which was badly timed in another way. Um, it was about the time I was getting married, so it was right. bad timing to get severe depression about the time I was getting married. married. And what, um, what, what did your in, uh, partner think about all this? She, she was part of that community with me for a time, and, mm-hmm. and we both left. Um, and we, we lived apart from it for a few months, um, and apart from each other we, in... Separate, separate share houses for for a few months there, and then we were married. And then I thought, well, I've just I've I just left the place I considered my home. Yep. Mm. I've left the people I consider my home, um, what I consider my vocation, my job. Um, kind of left everything. Mm. It's blank slate. So what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. It's How old were you? Twenty three, twenty four. Twenty. How was that? Twenty. Two. 22. That's a big, big mm. burden for a 22-year-old. Yeah, 22. So what did you two do on the, with this blank just slate? Blank slate. We just, we just thought, let's just look at the Melway and <laughs> what's what might be a good place to, you know, start again. And and we decided on the Footscray area. Right. Nice. Hmm. What the same type of intentional community or just no, different no, lifestyle? No, just 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 the two of us just getting married, moving right. in together, and right. then. Right. 
and then from there start to pull out our feelers and, mm-hmm. and see if we can find a place for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And how did that go? Best decision we ever made, moved to Footscray. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. Um, we, I connected with a church in Yarraville called Westgate Baptist Community um, that was very, very theologically progressive and very, very honest, and it encouraged searching, um, and it was a great community. It, it connected with people, supported people, and it, had a, it was very dedicated to connecting with the needs in the world as well, but in a sustainable way, in a way that we look after each other and love each other and invite people into that and reach out into the world. And they were quite strongly connected to some, some groups of refugees from Burma, um, Chin so, and Karen. So it, was the difference is that an intentional community is a 24-hour immersive experience. Yes. And when you went to Footscray, you could actually have personal time. That was that was a big part of the difference. Another part was just the Westgate Baptist community had been there for a long time, and there was a lot of wisdom that had built up over the years that made made their mistakes what and type, learned from it. He's talking about wisdom. What type of wisdom? Wisdom about what what people are like and mm-hmm. what people need, and how to encourage people to go beyond themselves and make a difference in the world without without putting guilt on people and, and making them feel bad. So the kind of sort of wisdom that would have been helpful back at the yes, intentional exactly. community. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yes, well, that's right. Well, I, I see it in terms of uh, me here. Don't worry about the clock. That's our job, okay? <laughs> that's our job. If there's one thing I hate is when a bloke... Look, your torch is not over, okay? You've got another 20 minutes, so just relax. We'll guide you. Think of yourself as in a little canoe and I'm pulling the paddle. We're going right. one creek and another creek. Oh, All right. I'm just sitting there without yeah. a paddle. To me, to me, you were a meteorite, <laughs> and now you've become a star. Meteorites right. burn, and that's what that intentional okay. community did. They burnt. Yep. They burnt you. Yep. You've gone to another community where the mm. people, as you said, they understand limitations, what human beings can do, what they can't do, what mm. they need. They've got mm. the experience. They've been there mm. a long time. So you've become a star. Stars mm. shine. All right. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So are you still with that community? No, I was... I was drawn to, to moving back to the Stony Rises area. And when was that? A, how, long, how long were you in Footscray for? I was there for about five years. Five years. Do you think you made a difference? I think I, think I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, did how, I became, how? at one point, well, for quite some time, I became the youth pastor at, West, mm-hmm. at Westgate Baptist. Well, so what does a youth pastor do? Well, I, I engaged with people basically between the age of about 12 and 25. Um, and helped them to connect with a Christian tradition, with the, with the stories stories of Jesus, um, and to try and do it in a way that is a bit a bit a bit more honest and maybe a bit more radical than mm-hmm. the way I first had. I mean the, the stories of Jesus, I mean they're they're amazing. The this Palestinian storyteller on the edge of an empire um, encouraging people to challenged the domination system centered at the time around Rome um, and and the story the story of that <laughs> in, inspired inspired people for for generations so, so what's the 21st century Rome that we face in Melbourne that you, ah. face, you faced in Footscray well the the 21st century Rome I mean you could in in some way in some ways you could say it's the United States in some way 
So you could say it's um, capitalism. The, the, the capitalism. You could say it's the world, the world economic system. Um, it's it's tied to tied to the myth of redemptive mm-hmm. violence. Mm-hmm. The, the ideologies ideologies that we all live under mm. um, about about progress the idea that every everything is everything is about making more money it doesn't matter if we if mm. it, it separates us from the people around us mm. doesn't matter if we hurt vulnerable people as we mm. do it doesn't matter if, if it hurts our earth um, and it's it's hard to break away from that system it's it's it's, yeah. it's what Market we live theocracy. in yeah, mm. it's exactly it's what we live in. So at twenty six or was it twenty seven? You decided to go back to the Stony Rises. What did your partner think about all this? Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it took a bit to convince her. I mean, she grew up in Melbourne, and right. moving out to the country was a big thing. Well, from Footscray, the, the centre of the known universe, to Stony <laughs> Rises. Come on, man! Come on, you must be a good, sweet talker. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I, to me, Footscray was like the centre of Melbourne, at least. Yeah. Um, the way I feel, it's almost like the Stony Rise is the centre of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, Middle Earth. Middle Earth, that's right. Mm-hmm. Where, I feel, where I feel nourished and I eventually convinced yeah, them. But the, but yeah, but the, yeah, this is a big decision. Mm. You've gone f- from an intentional community where you're extremely depressed at leaving, you get married, you move to a new community... You make a life for yourself. You're a man in your mid twenties. You've got a part. Any children at this stage? Or? Had two children when we moved, and right. um, we didn't realise it at the time, but we had two more on the way. Right. Ooh. So you had two children at Footscray. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. Right. So you got two kids, a wife, you. You're an important cog in that machinery as the mm. youth pastor. Yep. You got an influence on a lot of life. Why in the hell did Jim want to go to the Stony Rises? I mean, you could have been there till you were 60, 80, that's 90. A, yep, that's a, that's, that's a very good question. It's, it was a huge, huge decision leaving that community. Um, and probably my, my biggest regret about moving. Uh, uh, you know, of course, I, I miss the Ethiopian food and I miss the various opportunities, being, being close to uni and, and all mm. that sort of stuff. Um, the biggest, but the biggest thing was leaving that community. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to be part of a rural community. I wanted to be connected with the land. I, I always did, did. You want your children to experience what you experienced. Is that was that part of the driving yeah, force? Yeah, that's that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. obviously your your child was basically idyllic as far as you were yeah. concerned. Yeah. In fact, at one point, I. Uh, some some friends of mine, when I was a kid, some friends of mine moved to Melbourne and I almost consider that a form of child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It is. All right. Okay. So what do you do? You live in a tent when you got back to the Stony Rises with the two kids and your partner? What happened? Ah, so, we're, so we're living in a in a house on a few acres in that right. in that area. Well, well, you just rented a place? Oh, uh, we, we, we bought a place on a, on a few acres. Right. Not, not a lava house. Not a lava house, no, no. not a lava house. You were at least you were attached to the grid, were you? Yes, we were right, attached right, to the grid. Right. Yes. Okay. Well I feel better for the kids now. Okay. <laughs> moved there with yes, the wife and the two kids and and then uh, just after we moved What year what year was this, just to orientate uh, ourselves? What year was this? Two thousand eleven. Right. five years ago. Okay. Yep. All right. Was it hard finding a property or you knew you knew all the crook, crooks and crannies? Oh, it, it wasn't it wasn't that hard finding right. a property. It's it's a relatively inexpensive area, right. um, which worked out well. The area I wanted to go to happened to be 
inexpensive, um, which is good because I didn't really have an income. Um, oh, no, you was, wouldn't. You wouldn't have an income. You just <laughs> left your job. To go, did you have any cows at least or steers or anything? No. Nope. Just a few acres. Mm. You, the, your wife, the kids. Mm. How old were the kids? And two on the way. That's another yeah. two coming. Yeah, I think we had a... Well, three-year-old and one and a half and then t- two, two in the womb. So four mm. under five. Yeah, Following four under your five. parents' tradition. <laughs> I guess pretty so. Pretty good, pretty mm. good. So, so what do you do? You've got, you're a father of four kids. You're in the middle of the bloody desert, the stony rises. <laughs> what happens? Well, I, I plant trees and get some geese and start a PhD. Hmm. But you've got to pay for a PhD these days. Well, I, I got a scholarship. Right. I got one of those government things that you can sometimes get if you're lucky. Oh. Um, so it was, a, it was a little bit of an allowance, enough to live on if your house is inexpensive and your mortgage isn't very high. Right. You can get uh, by. Why geese? Sorry? Why geese? Why geese? Ah, uh, because they eat the grass down. They're mm. almost like miniature sheep. They, mm. they mm. eat the grass down and then later on we eat the geese. Right, and the eggs, obviously. Or you don't well, eat geese. They don't, they don't lay many eggs, actually. They don't. Oh, right. They right. only really lay it for, yes. for a few months of the year. Right, and then you eat the geese. And I tried one and decided not to have any more. Oh, right. <laughs> what do these little kids think about all this? They loved it, yeah. My little 18 month old girl, she'd go to the window and stare at the cows every morning, get up straight to the window, stare at, at the, the cows. cows. Yeah. Clean they air, fresh yep. air. Yep. It's disgusting. <laughs> What's wrong with smog? You know, I mean, you rip them out of that Melbourne CBD and you take them to a bloody farm in the middle of nowhere, clean air, good lifestyle. What's wrong with you, man? Don't, don't you want to become rich? No. No. So what's this PhD in? I'm, well, that's a good question. How will I describe it? It's uh, studying the cosmology, mythology and languages of the ancient Middle East. Um, and particularly the way the the earliest Christian um, who had amazing spiritual experiences as they saw it, mm. how they how they viewed their cosmos, and how that influenced how they saw the Roman Empire, the, the military, the economy, the society, and how that changed how they interacted with the world and formed an alternative community. Is there a time frame you're looking at specifically? Well, I'm focusing, actually focusing on the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. uh, which was written around the year 95, give mm-hmm. or take, mm-hmm. in um, what we now call Turkey. Yep. Um, and it's, it's quite interesting because that's, that's the book of, <laughs> that people latch onto. With the, that's the one that the religious loonies like to latch onto, is Revelation, and use it to justify military aggression. Well, why, would, why wouldn't people describe you as a religious loony? I don't know. Because here you are, you're studying this period, and what's the point? Well, I, I think engaging, engaging with a tradition and, mm. and uh, trying to understand how someone else saw the world, is, it, it makes us see the, see the world in a, in a more thoughtful way. We're not just seeing it the way... We naturally came to see it growing up in an English-speaking uh, modern wor- in the modern world, um, mm-hmm. where learn learn to see it how someone saw it who spoke a different language, grew up in another part of the world, 
had no idea about mm. modern concepts like science. Mm. Um, just completely different understanding of things that you wouldn't even think of. They just right. saw differently. So where are you doing this PhD? Uh, so that's through the University of Divinity, which is based in Melbourne. Right. So I come into Melbourne every couple of months and mm-hmm. go to the library and borrow a stack of books as much as I can carry. And well, go you're, home. Stu- you're still working from books? You don't use the net? Oh, I use the net as well, yeah. No, on, no. Online articles, no. jour- online journals as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how far into the study are you? About halfway, I think. Right. So you haven't <laughs> I mean, started writing yet? Not much. Not so much. you're collecting it's the data. the research phase. Yeah. Mm. Yep. I'd like you to do a chapter on the date palm. The date palm? You understand okay. the importance of the date palm to Christ- Christian mysticism? No, I don't. Well, well, that's something you guys can have a chat about over coffee. No, we're going to do it now. <laughs> it's very fascinating because, because the ancient first Christian mystics who went out into the Sinai Desert... Pick a date, palm, and a freshwater supply and stay there for 40 years and contemplate exactly what you're doing. And the thing is, the date actually supplies you with all the nourishment you need in order to survive. And even now, even now, they stumble across little caves and things where they find the bones of mystics who who died. And this was, as you know, this is a big tradition in in the early Christian church that you'd go Mm. and you'd contemplate. Yep. So look at the date palm. I, I was, right, as a kid, I was fascinated because a religious teacher told me that one, and I thought, isn't this fascinating? And then I researched it later on just to see if it was right, regarding if the date could, could give you all that nourishment it can. You can live on dates for 45 years and die an old man in a cave in the middle of nowhere. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I... Yeah, I mean, are you looking at that, that, that period or, or it's before that period? A bit, a bit before that, but right. I certainly... Um, connect with the tradition of the, the mystic traditions of, mm. of contemplation, um, and I I believe those traditions um, are at their best when they in, in lead us to engage back in the world as well. Right, right. Action, action and contemplation. Mm. So you think um, you need both, not just one or the other? Yeah, I think, and I think one leads into the other. Contemplation leads to action, and action leads to contemplation. Mm. I'm just curious. Do you know how your first, the first community, the intentional community, you you were very um, focused on achieving something uh, with the community uh, out where you are now? Um, is there any way, like? Uh, is that still a focus? Is, or is there any way to get involved in community stuff out, out there? Like, I, I don't know hmm. much about the area. Is it that much yeah. community out there? Um, sort of, I mean, yes yes and no. I mean, I've, I've recently been part of an, a new Baptist church that's formed out mm-hmm. in that area called Sanctuary Baptist. And that's, um, that's taken its name in part, in part from the sanctuary movement, which, which offers sanctuary to asylum seekers. Um, saying to the government, we we're going to house these people according to our tradition, and and so that's why that's a way that um, you and your and, and your belief system are are actively yeah it's being part of community yeah being part of community um, and in in particular um, I was I was part of um, forming a love makes a way group in that in that awesome. region. It's uh, Love Makes a Way is an interdenominational movement. Christians like Catholic uniting, Lutheran, Baptist, um, charismatic mm. um, Christian leaders and passionate lay people coming together 
um, to engage with the issue, particularly of what we're doing to children in immigration detention mm. and what we're doing to the men and women in immigration detention mm. as well. Um, yeah, and so they've been known for form, forming groups that, that pray together and in particular go into the offices of MPs mm. and pray there um, and say we're going to be here praying for change until there is change um, or until you... Until you, in, in our case, Dan T and MP, until you mm. join us mm. in, they, in um, calling for change. How do they respond to that? Uh, so far, every group that's done that has been arrested. That's mm. right. Um, mm. So far, so far, nothing has changed. Mm. Um, but I mean, we we hold on to this story of, of Jesus. He he looked he looked at a mountain on which was built a system of oppression and said, mm. "Pray for it to be cast into the sea, and it mm. will." Mm. Well, so far it hasn't, but we're just going to keep praying until and that's it is. The, thing, the Christian lobby in Australia is incredibly powerful, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. so, so that's that's sort of like the corporate end of things. Yeah. Where you guys are the grassroots. So, how do mm. you actually affect change? Um, we 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 go around church to church. We connect with people. I mm. I organised a petition, managed to get signatures from dozens people in dozens of churches yeah. in our region. We we come together. We, we go to our MPs and say, look, we're not just from the Uniting Church mm. or we're not just from the Catholic. These, we're the Christians in your region. Um, and, you know, other groups are doing it. Other groups mm. say we're, we're the grandmothers and, yeah. well, or yeah, we're the whatever. And, but and that's the we thing, do Christians it. are so powerful. I'm just, well, yeah. they're not. They're well, not. Well, yes no. maybe, maybe the, yeah. the, the, one, the corporate ones are then. The ones <laughs> well, there's the corporate that, ones. Who tell the yeah, Liberal yeah. Party but and the Labor the Party direct what to action, do. The direct action Christians are as, almost as relevant as direct well, they're, action they're, atheists. I'm go. telling you now. <laughs> there you go. That's what I was curious about. That's why they call the police. That's why they drag them out. Christians who actually show Christianity. That's right. I'm not welcome. Ah, okay. Oh, well, that makes sense. Did you understand now. that, Dale? No, 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 it makes welcome. perfect sense. They're now. not welcome. They're like us. Yeah. They're not welcome. That's why Joel's on Radical <laughs> Australia. People okay. like him should not be allowed <laughs> to, you know, dirty the offices of our parliamentary With representatives. With their positive thoughts. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, you know, and they should no. be dragged away, arrested <laughs> and, 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 and taken. <laughs> they should... We don't crucify them. That's the only difference. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your hopes for the future, Joel? Hopes for the future. Um, I oh, that's a that's a good question. I I hope I hope to be part of the the ongoing development of these the communities in in my region that I'm part of Sanctuary Baptist Church and, and Love Makes a Way. Um, to see to, to continue to connect with these people and develop mm-hmm. um, develop spiritually, continue on the journey of discipleship. Together um, to connect, to connect more Christians in with the, in the, with these movements for change mm. that connect us deeper with with the tradition of Jesus. And um, I hope to hope to finish my PhD. Mm. That's uh, that's a tricky one. I hope to get there. Oh, you'll get one there. day. You'll get there. I hope you'll to finish my PhD. How about hopes for your children and their children? Yeah, my children and their children. I I hope that. They they can develop um, a sense of compassion, the the sen- the wanting to to think intelligently about the world, um, to always to always want to grow and, and learn, um, and 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 I'm seeing that and that and that's great. And they're my children are all different from each other in different ways, um, 
And my son, my son has autism, and he has his own way of looking at it. But he's he's so thoughtful about about the world, and he thinks things should be right. There shouldn't there shouldn't be wars, and we we shouldn't do this to the children in detention. Mm. And he's he's been with me to my local MP's office to, mm-hmm. to pray for the children in detention, mm-hmm. and we we do that together. Um, and in fact. Our Love Makes a Way group has been praying at our MP's office every single week for the last six months. Excellent. No, been, it's, we, it's consistency is important. We go in, and we say, we say yep. good day to the office members, and yep. Yep. staff the staff there, and we, we sit down and pray with, yep. every week for six months. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. You're a religiously based Wednesday action group, but That's I'll talk great. about that another day. <laughs> well, Joel, it was a pleasure talking to you. I have great hope for you, your family, your communities, and to have extraordinary people like you in our community is what we need. We may have different b- belief systems in terms of our relationship with God or no relationship with God, but I think what you are doing is something that should be praised. And as I said, you people are stars because you're there for the long haul and that's what it's about. Meteorites come and go, stars <laughs> are there for the long haul. So all the best to you, your wife, your children and your community and your church. Thank you for coming on Thank you. Uh, on, on the program now, Thank you very uh, the much. podcast is available, and I, and I uh, and, and I'd encourage you to get, uh, you know, your congregation to uh, have a listen because I think they'll learn a lot about you, but you haven't told them. <laughs> Chocolate. Yeah.